Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. This episode, we're talking about the typical family's largest purchase, their home. Even in a cooling market, most places nationwide, house prices are still high and inventory is still low. This week, we're going to talk about how to find a great real estate deal, no matter the market. I'm Stacy Johnson, as usual. My co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquit. Hello, Miranda. Hello, Stacy. This is exciting because I am I am moving house, but not to buy. I know, I know. Well, maybe we'll bring that story up during our podcast. <laughs> um, listening in, sometimes contributing is our producer, Aaron Freeman. Hello, Aaron. Hello, everybody. Welcome back, Mindy. Yes, we've got a special guest this week. That is Mindy Jensen from Real Estate Investing and Education website, Bigger Pockets. Welcome back, Mindy. Stacy, it's so lovely to be back. Thank you so much. We've been we've been counting the minutes till we could have you back on our podcast, and here you are. It's the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the ball rolling here. But first, a quick disclaimer: Should we discuss specific investments in this show, do not take them as recommendations. Why? Because they're not. Before you invest in anything, you've got to do your own research. You got to make your own decisions. Okay, back to the topic at hand, Mindy. For those who aren't familiar with you, which has to be very few people in the world, please tell us a little bit about yourself and bigger pockets. My name is Mindy Jensen. I am a live-in flipper, which means I buy an ugly house, make it beautiful while I live in it for at least two years, which means I can sell it for no capital gains taxes paid to the government. All that sweet appreciation goes right into my pocket where I do it again and again. Okay, cool. Mindy, we talked a few months ago, a couple months ago, it wasn't that long ago, but we talked uh, about a few weeks ago, let's say, about the housing market. Because well, before we start talking about tips to buy a house for the lowest possible price, let's talk about where the market is. Uh, it's June 30th, 2022. Do you think the real estate market is going to go up, down, or sideways generally? Obviously, we all know it's location, 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 location. But in general, do you think the market's going to go up, down, or sideways? Yes. <laughs> that's um, why we love you yes okay Yay. so yes i do think in some cases the market can go up still i do think that the market is going to kind of stagnate in a lot of places and why is that because of the fed the federal reserve raised interest rates a whopping 0.75 basis points or 0.75%, which they have not done since. And my numbers are failing me either 1992 or 1994. Either way, it's a really, really long time ago. And this caused the market in, it's only been a couple of months since we last spoke, but it has been an entire lifetime in terms of market because the market has kind of slammed to a halt. And I say that with an asterisk, it isn't completely done. It's still a seller's market, but it is definitely having the effect that the Fed wanted it to and that it is slowing down appreciation. It is slowing down the market in you know February, March, April. You put a house on the market and you just kind of sat back and were inundated with offers, 10 offers, 18 offers. There was an article where somebody got 54 offers on their house. It was overwhelming as a seller. It was overwhelming as a buyer. And people were like, oh, it's not enough to just offer what you're asking. I'm going to go over asking, significantly over asking. There's stories from California where people were offering like hundreds of thousands of dollars over the asking price. And by the way, I'm not going to get an appraisal and I'm not going to get a home inspection and I'm not going to do all of these things. And, you know, when you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking price. You probably have a big fat pile of cash that you're sitting on and you can afford any of those weird 
things that pop up because you didn't get a home inspection. But when you're a regular person and you're buying a house and you're like putting every dollar you have into your home and over, I don't want to say over bidding, but you're bidding what you need to bid in order to, to win the bid. Um, and you don't have any money extra for these repairs and you're not getting a home inspection because that's what you need to do to be competitive, which I would never recommend to my clients because it no. gives me the heebie-jeebies. But, <laughs> you know, people are now having some issues with this. So I think that like now we're starting to see stories where people are unhappy with their house and, you know, there's problems with it. I don't know that the market is going to continue to go up a lot. I don't think that there's a lot of room for it to go down. But then as soon as I say that, I think about 2008 where everybody's like, yeah, I'm underwater by like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm just going to walk away because it's easier for me to walk away than to continue to make payments on a house that I paid 500,000 for. And now it's worth, you know, 50,000. And that's an extreme situation. But I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Um, is the market going up, down or sideways? I'm going to stick with my original answer. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> let, let me rephrase the question in, a, in an attempt to back you into a corner you can't get out of. And I want actually, I want an answer from every, all of our panelists here. Okay, a friend comes to you, a novice home buyer, and they say, "Blank, should I buy a house now or should I wait?" Okay, so those are your only two <laughs> options: buy now or wait. Okay, so Miranda, what, what, what would you advise that person? Well, so I mean, I'm always, as as we all know, I'm always like, okay, well, let's talk about what your goals are, right? Like, what are you going to do with the house? What are you planning to do with the house? You know, what's what's your goal, right? Because I was in this position uh, a month ago, uh, where you know my my landlord is like, I'm going to sell the house, and I'm like, okay, and I was like, um, you know, and, and he's like, he, he allowed me. He's like, well, do you want to make an offer, or do you want to talk about how you might be able to buy? And I was like, sure. Um, so we started talking about it, and you know, he's like, well. Well, Zillow says 500,000. Zillow says my house is worth 500,000. Uh, Realtor.com says the house is worth 433,000, uh, right? I mean, because because all that these things do is they just look at things in terms of like how many square footage is it and like are there like comps nearby. And Zillow was basically um, the worst. And then uh, Realtor.com is looking at going, okay, so houses have not been selling for that much in your neighborhood, which is why theirs is lower. Zillow is basically going, the average price per square footage of home in your city is this. And so it, it was really interesting, the wide disparity. But anyway, so I was like, well, let's let's go 450 and we need to take some off for the fact that a lot of the flooring needs to be replaced, the roof's going to need to be replaced, the boiler is the original boiler and it's rusting through in places, so that's going to need to be replaced. And so I'm like, this is tens of thousands of dollars. And and he's just like, well, the realtor thinks that I'll be able to sell as is and blah blah blah. And so and he's like, an OPS like I'll want you to like let me know whether you can put 25,000 or 50,000 down. And uh, I've watched it like I'm watching Mindy's eyebrows <laughs> as we do this. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm watching Mindy's eyebrows <laughs> with all of the things I talk about. And, um, and, and so in the end, I was just like, uh, we are like the market is slowing down. The housing market is slowing down. We're probably going to see a bit of a pullback, even if we don't see a total crash. And we might be moving into a recession. Do I want to lock up my liquidity? in this house right right now my 25 to 50,000 dollars is in is in this is in stocks and do i necessarily want to sell now no but at the same time it's liquid if i need that i can access it if i've put the liquidity in my house 
and I need access to it. I have to go begging to the bank and they may not give it to me, especially if there's a bit of a housing pullback or if, right, if the house uh, ends up not you know, appreciating as fast in value because of a pullback. So, so basically I was just like, well, I don't want to lock up my liquidity in a situation where who knows, right? Who knows what's going to happen? So it really depends on like what you're trying to do. Now, if you're doing it for investment and you're going to get people to rent in there, that's a totally different proposition because like you're going to be having cash flow coming in, uh, you know, supposedly. <laughs> so, so that's a different situation. So it really is about like, what are your goals? What are you moving for? In the end, I'm just like, I'm just going to move into an apartment and I won't have to worry about yard care and they include my utilities and I'm actually going to save $500 a month. So like, here's what I'm really happy about right now, Miranda. I'm happy that I only gave you two options, one word each to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> and you gave oh, yeah. me war and peace. Okay. So it's now what I do. Me... It's what I do. You <laughs> gotta have an analysis here, Stacy. You gotta let have an Aaron analysis. Show you how to do this. Aaron, a novice yeah. <laughs> a novice home buyer approaches you and says, Should I wait or should I buy? What would you say? Okay. Um, one thing. Stacy, you like to say things go back to the mean, right? Yes. Will it go will it go back to the mean? I don't know. Okay, so in housing, historically. Uh, during any recession, housing is never referred back to the mean. Housing is actually always subtly increased or majorly increased. And of course, well, that would be the mean. The, the, uh, the mean increase the only would be time, seven percent a year, or whatever uh, yes. two points over inflation is. So the only time that that housing went down was during two thousand eight. Yeah, but most times it actually still goes up. That's yes. not the only time housing's ever gone down. It's the the only time housing has gone down substantially nationwide. Right. However, there's two things that I've been looking at. One, New York Times just came out with an article that says America's pandemic era excess savings are dwindling. So I'm looking at that because if people don't have money and they're paying exorbitant you know, mortgages, which now what the mortgage rate is, not the mortgage rate, but I mean, uh, the value of homes is down to the uh, what's that housing index, down to 100, where people can barely afford their, to get a mortgage. Um, this, is, this, is, this is a sign for caution. And I think maybe possibly if we keep going in this direction where people are losing their savings because of inflation, um, we may see that tipping where we're already on that slope on the downward trend where we could see prices really falling drastically. Wait or buy? I say wait. I thought, that's what I thought you were aiming at. Um, so yeah. obviously I'm a horrible interviewer because I can't get anyone to give me a one word response, but I'm, I've got one more try. Mindy, wait or buy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was not one of the options. But you it's a one-word answer. Torture me. <laughs> it's a one-word answer. I it's think a one-word answer, but I only gave you two words to choose from. Yes, but I don't follow the rules. Okay, so um, tell Miranda me why you're really saying yes. Stacy, I'm I'm gonna send you Stacy a link to um. I'm going to send you a link to a Rage Against the Machine song, and it involves the <laughs> phrase, the I'm not going to do what the F you tell me to do. And I'm going to just send I, that I to that you. Twitter None today. of us are doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, I that know. song and has been right. in right. my head. Anyway, okay, so so, Miranda said it depends on what your goals are. Yes, I, I understand that that is true. But generally and speaking... It, I would not so, be a buyer here. Let, let me, let me I want to know how why you want to buy. Let me, let me tell why you how you... it's supposed to be done. Stacy, yeah. would you advise a, a novice home buyer to wait or buy? Stacy answers, wait. Because I, okay. I, for several reasons. Would you like to hear them? Yes. One, it's summertime. 
that's when housing prices are, I mean, that's when there's more activity in the market. Two, and now this is obviously if you can, if you can afford to wait, I mean, you know, if you're not moving and need a place to live. Uh, two, the market's softening. Just that simple. Uh, there are going to be more homes for sale a month from now than there are today. Just that simple. That's true. And three, the overall economy is showing signs of weakness. That's an absolute fact. Longer-term interest rates have actually been declining. In fact, as we speak, June 30th, 2022, today, um, the 10-year Treasury, which is which is, you know, mortgages are loosely based on, uh, is is gotten under 3%, down from 3.5%. So as the economy weakens more, interest rates may go down. So there are three reasons right there why I'd say to wait. Now, see, that was simple, wasn't Those it? Those reasons make sense. Thank you. But... But. I'm going to go back to Miranda's and say, she asked about your goals. I want to know what your goals are, too. That's really the most important question to answer. Why do you want to buy a house? If you're buying for an investment, I may lean towards weight. You have to make sure it is a rock solid deal with multiple exit options because of the reasons you just listed. You do not want to buy a house with one goal in mind and one exit option and then have that exit option not work out and you're stuck. You never, ever, ever want to be stuck. Okay, for example, then, Mindy, if you're a flipper, if you're buying a house, you can resell it three weeks from now, especially if you're not going to improve it, probably not a great idea. Or three months from now, probably not a great idea. If you're buying something uh, that you're going to live in for 30 years, then it makes a lot less difference whether you're buying now or or six months from now or six months ago. Uh, Same thing with stocks. I mean, if I'm going to own a stock for 30 years, it doesn't really matter whether I buy it at 100 or 101. Right. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're going to fl- if you're going to day trade it. It matters a lot. So I, I do get that. But generally, That's a great speaking, analogy. But generally speaking, this is not a great time. Uh, it's, it's closer to the top of a market than it is to the bottom. But I also do agree with you, Mindy, and, and probably you other guys, too, that I, I don't think we're going to see a crash. We're not going to see a 2008 crash because their people have no. th- their balance sheets are better. Uh, they put more money down. You know, so, but, you know, as, as Aaron alluded to, too, though, when the market goes up 25% a year, uh, it, it can't keep doing that because it, the average is seven, you know, and that's true in the stock market. It's true in the housing market, too. You so made I've, a good point I, go at ahead, the I'm very sorry. beginning. You said inventory is low and prices are high. Prices, I think, are not going to continue to skyrocket as they have. But inventory, you can't change that overnight. You've got people it, who bought a house. Changing. It is changing, but it's still really, really low. You've got people who bought a house in the last five years. They've got a 3% interest rate on their mortgage on a house that they bought maybe five years ago for $300,000. They might be able to sell that house for $600,000, but then they're going to go out and buy another house for $600,000 with a 6% interest rate. It doesn't make sense. So those people aren't selling. Builders have been building. Yes. But they've only been building very recently. So they still have a lot of inventory to catch up on. I think the number that I mentioned the last time we were together was 4 million housing units short right now well, in America. That hasn't another, changed a whole lot. Here's another quote I pulled today before the show. Mortgage purchase applications have fallen to their lowest level since 2018. The inventory of unsold single family homes, while still far below pre-pandemic levels, is now rising on a year over year basis, according to Altos Research. So, it, it, yes, there's still there's still a dearth of inventory, but it is starting to reverse. And, and you know, obviously, the more the more buyers that back out of the market, uh, then the the better the inventory situation is going to become over time, over time. But That's I mean, a good you know, last and, and again, you know, we 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 mentioned I mentioned this earlier, but we need to mention it again. This depends on where you live, too. You know, yes. I, I mean, you know, there's yeah. there's some cities that where houses prices are undoubtedly falling. 
uh, you know, and there are some cities where house prices are going to continue to go up no matter what happens because so many, so much population is coming in. So, you know, this, this is all, uh, you know, all this stuff depends on where you live. But generally speaking, right, so, I, go ahead, Aaron. So with that, what are the secrets on getting a great deal? Yeah. Well, you know, actually, I'm glad you going, asked me going that. To a little podunk, <laughs> going to a little podunk town. And, I'm glad you asked me that, Aaron, that... because that's what we're going to talk about. As soon as we take a break, <laughs> we're going to take a really quick break, and then Mindy is going to tell us exactly how to steal a house to pay one-third of what it's worth. Okay, I I'm am? Exaggerating. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little. But hang on. We're going to be right back. We're going to give you some tips on how you can get the best deal on a house. Okay, we are back. And now, Mindy, you promised before the break to show us how to get two-thirds off the price of a house. Or wait, I promised Buy that. low. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? I'm knocking these out of the park. Let's go. No. Now, and, and okay. that, but you're, you're a great person to tell us about this, Mindy, because you, you literally do this. I bought lots of houses in my life. I own, I own uh, real estate now in Arizona. But, uh, but I do not buy yeah, houses and then resell them quickly like you do. Or not quickly, I but every couple of years. I think the last time we had you on the podcast, which was episode 142, I think it was, I think you just got a house, didn't you? Didn't you just I buy just one? recently bought a house. Um, it is in the same neighborhood that I live in. It is so I, uh, being the real estate nerd that I am, I already knew the neighborhood very much. I have lived here since 2019. I have been looking for a house in this neighborhood since about 2017. So I really know this neighborhood well. And, and you're in Denver, right? I'm just north of Denver in a city called Longmont. Okay. And whenever a house comes on the market in this neighborhood, I go and see it. I'm a real estate agent, so I can get into any house that I want to. But even if you weren't a real estate agent, you should be working with a real estate agent and they can get you into any house that you want. There's also open houses. It's a great way to peek in without you know bothering anybody. Um, but I would go into every house that came in. So I knew what the models were worth approximately. And this house was was coming on the market. I had actually sold the house directly next door to it to a friend of mine. And they are uh, what we call chatty Cathy's. They will talk to anybody about anything at any time all for at length. So they were talking to the handyman who was working for the woman who was getting ready to sell the house. And they discovered that this woman was uh, 94 years old. Her family was kind of spread out around the country. She's not super mobile because she's 94. And she had a lot of things that she needed to get out of the house before she could sell the house. And so this told me that I could solve a problem for her by offering to take the house as is. You don't have to clean out anything. I'll take that for you. Um, the family is kind of spread out. So they're not able to come in and help her, you know, on a regular basis. I can close quickly and take care of that problem, too, because she wanted she was moving into assisted living. Um, we ended up making an offer. I, I reached out to her uh, and gave her my business. Oh, I gave her the handyman, my business card and said, if she's thinking about selling, we'd like to buy it. I'm not looking to list it for her. I want to actually make the purchase myself. Um, you know, she, we're in still in a pandemic and maybe she doesn't want people just traipsing through her house. So here you go. You don't have to have any showings. You can just give me the, the we can work out the sale between us. That's a great um, story. Really she is. turned out I, to have her own ahead. agent and he reached out to me and we negotiated the deal. Um, they ended up taking everything out of the house, which was fine because I was going to have to go through it all anyway. Um, but they took everything out of the house. We've got the house. And when I first walked in, I was like, 
this house needs some work. There's no oven in this house. What? Um, wow. Which, <laughs> wow. There's a cooktop, okay. but there's no oven. Wow. That's odd. The the kitchen is like this big. It's this teeny tiny kitchen, but it's on a golf course. I know that oh, being cool. on the golf course is a desirable trait for a lot of people. So I know that I could list this house again down the road if it didn't work out for me. So that's exit strategy number one. I could just buy it and then resell it down the road. Uh, but I wanted to rehab it and turn it into that's, a medium term rental. So that's, that's interesting. Wait, hold on a second. And now down here, when a house is on a golf course, it comes with this... Uh, significant membership fee per year generally it's like you know, do you have to be to a member 000. of the country club to have a house on the golf course well the house well, yeah because you get the house cheap you know they'll, they'll say here's a massive I've house this. you know for like you know two hundred thousand, but it comes with this massive uh uh golf club you know, i don't think that's fee. always true Aaron, but i could be wrong i don't know i've never bought a house that's, on a golf course but you know that's by interesting the way, before we get too far afield, can we circle back to something that Mindy said? I started to cut you off, Mindy, because you said something that I think is really important. Uh, and it's something that I've used, too, in, in, in prior real estate transactions. And that is understanding what the seller needs. Um, mm -hmm. So in other words, some people are stuck on price. Some people are stuck on terms. Some people want to, don't have to, want to, have, to have to do any work. And this is one reason, by the way, that I'm not a huge agent person. Uh, I, I do use agents, uh, but if I can talk directly to the seller, but the first house I ever bought in 1978, um, the, the guy was stuck on price, but I was dealing directly with him. He owned the house free and clear. He wanted seven, I think it was $75,000. I can't remember now. But anyway, um, that was a four bedroom, two bath house, by the way, for 75 grand. Lakefront anyway, but, with 30 acres or something. It, no, it had a pool and it was on about half an acre. Of course. Any, anyway, uh, it, was in, it was in Tucson, so it wasn't on a lake. But anyway... He, he said he, he was stuck on 75 grand because I tried to get him down to 72, whatever, you know. And I said, OK, fine, I'll give you 75, but I'm going to give you $5,000 down. They're going to give you another $10,000 a year from now. And then and then you like I, mean, I made these terms really advantageous to me um, because what because he, he really cared about price and he was going into the army. So he didn't need money to buy another house. So anyway, the point of the story is if you can figure out what that person's really looking for uh, and, and you can structure a deal. To, to satisfy those needs, you can often, you can, both sides can win. And it yep. sounds like that's kind of what you did, Mindy. You saw a person who, who you know, she didn't have family around to help her. She needed help, uh, she, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you were able to close fast, you know, and do all this stuff. And so you, you knew what the person needed and you knew what made the deal, was going to make the deal attractive for both of you. And I think that's, that's really an important tip. Yeah. If you can solve a problem for somebody, that a lot of times when you're in the middle of a problem, you can't see any way around it. And then if somebody can come in and say, I can take that problem away from you. Oh, I like this idea a lot more. So we even, I mean, when we were negotiating price, I even said, you know, it's not worth it to us at that price because it wasn't, it's going to be a lot of work to rehab this house. And we didn't want it at the price that they originally offered. Like, so, you know, this probably won't work out. So why don't you go and listed on the MLS, you know, it's worth X to us. And they said, okay, we'll do that. Oh, great. Okay. That's perfect. Uh, I think that's another really great tip is be willing to walk away. If you're looking mm -hmm. at a property, know what it is worth to you, know what it is not worth to you and don't get caught up in this 
idea that you have to. If I don't get it, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Oh, I have. I have to have it. Yeah. I have to have it. There is another property. Even though we're four million housing units short, there is another property that is available to you. Another great, great tip. I, I remember once buying a, a Mercedes, uh, a used Mercedes, and the guy wanted nine thousand dollars for it. This again was a million years ago, uh, and I said, I, "I'll give you six. And he said, "The car's worth nine. And I said, "You know what? You are absolutely right. It is." It, this car is worth $9,000, but it's not worth $9,000 to me because I don't really need it. And I meant it. You know, I wasn't bluffing. I just yeah. didn't really care that much. And, and sure enough, the guy calls me back and says, I'll take six. So, you know, like you said, being, being willing to walk away uh, and knowing what that price is and not, going, not, you know, not getting mean about it, just saying, you know, it may be worth $200,000, but it's only worth one hundred and fifty to me. Yep. You have that, to that's define. That's great advice, too. Yeah, define your goals because what makes a great deal for me might not make a great deal for Stacy, might ma not make a great deal for Aaron, and Miranda won't even touch it because she doesn't want to own real estate, <laughs> which is fine too. Yeah, you know, it but is. it's it's what makes a good deal for you, and you know, once you have defined what your good deal is, be ready to jump when you find it because there are already investors out there right now who know what a good deal is. They are ready to jump, and as soon as that pops on the market. They're going to be after it. You need to make the move first. So no, what you need to Mindy do. Can... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Marina. I was just going to say, like, I mean, you know, Mindy's saying, like, you got to be ready. You got to jump on it. So what do you need in order to be ready for that opportunity? Right. Because I assume you can't be scrambling to find find last minute financing. Right. You've got to have it lined up. Right. So what what do you do? What do you have to have if you're going to jump on a good deal? What do you need ready to go? You need a form of funding, like you just said. So how are you going to pay for a house that you bought? You're, you want to make an investment or you want to buy a house that you want to live in. How are you going to pay for it? Are you going to pay cash? Gather up all that cash now and put it into your account. Yes, you're losing money to inflation, blah, blah, blah. But you are presumably going to be deploying that cash soon. So get it all together. So you're not trying to scramble and transfer from this internet bank account and that uh, extra savings account and yada, yada when the time comes. Or if you're going to get a mortgage, talk to your lender now. Get all your paperwork out of the way now. And you can't lock in a rate right now. You can't lock in a rate until you have a property to attach it to. But once you have everything, like they're going to ask you for 9 million documents, start finding those right now, get them all. And then they go through it and they're like, oh, can we have three more? And you get them three more and they're like, oh, we need one more. Like it's this ongoing process. So get as much of that out of the way as you can and get yourself a pre-approval letter so you know how much you can actually be approved for. Because how much would it stink if you think you can buy a $500,000 house and the bank's like, nope, four twenty-five. that's all we're going to give you. But you've yeah. already gone out and made an offer on a house. So have your funding lined up. We actually ended up getting a line of credit against our stock portfolio because we wanted to act super quick. And we didn't know if our lender would be able to act as fast as we were going to be acting for this property. Yeah, I um, said, I Mindy, we... going, going shopping for a house without a pre-approval letter is like going to the mall without your wallet. Yeah, There's just no really point is. doing it. Yep. And pre-approval is different than pre-qualified. Pre-qualified right. is the same as going to the mall without your wallet. Yes. Um, well, without pre-approval, you need pre-approval before you go shopping, right? I'm right? saying pre-qualified is not the same as pre-approval. Your pre-qualification yes, yes. is the same as nothing. These are great right. tips. What else? What else? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? <laughs> okay. 
it is kind of the same as nothing. Um, I, I still believe that you can get a good deal in any market. Uh, maybe not a great deal. I think a lot of people are looking for that knock it out of the park grand slam home run deal and you could get those in 2010 but it's not 2010 anymore so you need to again define your parameters and then when something is slightly better than that that's your knock it out of the park grand slam home run i was going to ask you about that too many that reminded me okay i live in south florida um, this is a very, very hot real estate market, or was, you know, I mean, every, like everything else, it's starting to chill a little bit now. But anyway, point is, I just today, I had someone texted me out of the blue, uh, Mr. Johnson, we just drove by your house at blah, 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 and we're ready to make you a cash offer. I'm getting letters in the mail, handwritten. Mm -hmm. From people going like, you know, my my family and I, my two kids, we're you know we're from Virginia, and we just really want a, a nice house to stay in. Would you help? You know, like that. I mean, it's just, I mean, this is a crazy market. People are knocking on doors. You know, yes. and so my question was this, when you're in a market like that, because you were saying like investors are out there like pounding the pavement, you know, shaking the bushes, you know, trying to find a good deal. If, there, if there's so much competition out there, is it possible for me to find a good deal? There's all these people like you, you know, realtors and, and investors and all this stuff. It's kind of discouraging to people like me. Uh, I'm afraid that how can I possibly find a good deal when everybody and his brothers out there trying to find one? I'm starting to see a bit of backlash from people who are anti-real estate investor. They're homeowners who don't want to sell their house to a real estate investor. So if you are a regular person, meaning not a real estate investor, even though regular people can be real estate investors, uh, if you're going to be an owner, let's call it owner occupant. If you're going to occupy the property, you can write a letter. You can knock on the door. You can contact these people directly and say, I would like to buy your house. I am going to live here with my family. Now, as a real estate agent, I cannot take that letter from my buyer and pass it on to a seller. And as a listing agent, if I receive that letter, I will not pass it on to my seller because that is a violation or a potential violation of uh, fair housing. You could choose somebody over somebody else because you liked their picture or you liked what they said. Oh, we've got a family. You're discriminating over familial status because somebody who was single made an offer, too, and you wanted the family instead. So rather than get into a fair housing violation, I just don't pass those letters along. But there is nothing to say that a buyer can't reach out to a seller or a potential seller and say those things. But what I was um, saying, though, Mindy, was that, you know, that being in this type of a market where people are doing that makes me think like – it's just a sign of overheated. I mean, you know, when, when people are yeah. begging me to, to sell them my house, you know, and, and crying, you know, playing a violin, you know, it just makes me think there's too many people out here looking for houses. And, and, and so I'm not even going to try because I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go up to somebody's door and ask if they'll send me their house. There's a time in my life when I would have. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have because I've been <laughs> buying real estate since I was 19 years old. But uh, and I've tried that before. But but my point is, it just seems like this is a sign of an overheated market. And I don't play in that market. I guess yes. that's what I was trying to say. But 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 what I'm hearing you say, though, is whenever there's always a deal to be found, period, no matter how many people are out there knocking on doors and sending letters and pounding the pavement. Yes, there is absolutely always a deal to be had, no matter what. And uh, I think you're right. This market was overheated. I think it's you, you said yourself, it's starting to cool down. It's going to cool down along, you know, in most states, there are some states where it's already already, you know, starting to flip and I'm seeing prices drop. I'm still seeing 
properly priced houses selling the first or second weekend that they're on the market. I'm seeing slightly overpriced houses either selling the second or third weekend or dropping their price a little bit and then selling. Way overpriced houses are sitting on the market and not moving at all. And so it's it's changing. But well, With a lot of people working Monday through Friday, it sounds like what you do is it takes a lot of time. I don't know if it does or not, but it, it sounds like a full-time job. And I understand what Stacy's saying because Sonia and I recently, well, this morning we went on Zillow. And we saw this property. It was a quarter acre. Um, it had massive overgrowth and there was a two, one house on it that actually needed to be bulldozed over. Uh, it was a, a wood frame. It wasn't even CBS block. And uh, they wanted 320 for it. And we're like, this is the kind of thing that makes us like Stacy go, Pff. I'm not buying in this market. Literally, I need to tear this house down. I'm literally buying pro like land for three hundred twenty thousand dollars. Quarter worse acre, than land and, and it wasn't even near water. It wasn't. It wasn't near anything great. Uh, it was actually next to a highway. Um. So and Cindy's saying like, oh well, you gotta like you gotta venture out there. You gotta talk to people. You gotta like, you gotta get in the weeds of it. And I'm like, well, how much time does that take? I mean, to really dig find a deal in this market. Oh well. But there is always the a deal MLS. To be yeah. What the MLS say? is not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> Think <I like> Mindy. <laughs> oh. So, but for those of you who are just listening and not watching, Mindy just held up a, a notebook that said MLS is not dead yet, but it's, it's, it stands for Mindy. <laughs> Spells out Mindy. Yes. So think Mindy, think real estate, think the MLS is not dead yet. If you are not a professional real estate investor, and frankly, even if you are, I am more of the a real estate, a good real estate agent. I will caveat that with good. A good real estate agent is an excellent tool to have in your back pocket. They are working full time for you, helping you find a property. And I mean, their number one tool is the MLS. You go on the MLS. If I am trying to sell somebody's house, I list it on the MLS. That is where houses get sold. Yes, there are other ways to buy and sell houses, but the MLS is the number one way. All of the things you're seeing on realtor.com and Zillow and Redfin and Trulia and whatever website you're seeing comes directly from the MLS. Zillow is actually a member of every MLS. I think Redfin and Realtor are too. So they pull from every single listed property. So that does a lot of the work for you. You know, Mindy, well, I'm glad you brought that because that's something else I wanted to say too. And you're not, you're an awesome realtor, I'm sure, uh, or real estate agent. Uh, but anyway, uh, what I was going to suggest too, though, was do not ever let a, a commission salesperson uh, guide the outcome. And, and I, I don't mean, yes. well, here's what I'm trying to say. Learn your market yourself. The realtor is going to be super helpful. The real estate agent is going to be super helpful to you. However, this, this is your house. You're going to be living there for 30 years. You go out and see what's for sale in your neighborhood. You figure out what prices are good and then get some advice from your real estate agent or other professional. And this, and the reason I say commission salespeople, because the same thing in the stock business. I mean, this is your money. This, this is your life savings. And if it gets lost, that stockbroker is not going to starve. You are. You know, so same, same type of advice here. Not, not you shouldn't take advice from, from people that you're working with. You certainly should. But take a little responsibility for yourself. You can go visit houses. You can see what they're, I mean, I myself, I get, I get uh, three emails a day from Redfin and Zillow of houses for sale in my neighborhood just because I want to keep up with what's going on. And, you know, go visit those houses yourself. Become an expert because this is not rocket science. And so, you know, when you'll, you'll know a good deal when you see one after you've seen 20 deals, you know? Yep. 
And, that, and that's I the key. I absolutely agree with everything you just said. And your agent, I mean, I don't, I really don't identify with the agents who are like, oh, you should buy this house. No, when I take you through a house, you like it? Great. Let's start at the beginning again. And let's look at all the things that I hate about this house. Look at this. Did you see this? Did you see that? I want to be able to talk you out of a purchase. And if I can't talk you out of it, then maybe that's the right house for you. If that I can talk you out of it really I've easily. I've never heard a real estate agent say. Honestly, if I can talk you out of this house easily, then great. It's not the house for you. Now you have to super talk me into writing this offer because I'm not my reputation is worth so much more than whatever commission I'm going to get. I can go out and get another deal. I can go out and get another client. I can't ever go back and get my reputation. That's, that's plus awesome. You, plus you don't want to really great. That's good advice. Plus, you don't want to work on, on a deal that might not just fall out from well, underneath you anyway. But that's, that's you good know, advice, it, though. If it falls out, it falls out. That has happened too. But I want you to be happy with it. And I never, ever want you to say, wow, Mindy really did me wrong. She pushed me into this house. But let me give you an example of what can happen. I'm, the house I'm sitting in right now, which I've owned for 20 years. In fact, I'm about to make my last mortgage payment uh, in three weeks. I have $1,700 left on this house. Anyway, um, when I bought this house, the realtor, the real estate agent, I use those words interchangeably, and I know Mindy winces every time I do. The real estate agent uh, said, "I said it, the house has no no car no carport or garage," and I'm like, "Well, I need a garage." And the guy he goes, "Well, don't, you can build a garage. Don't worry about that. Buy the house." So I did, and so then you know a year later, you know now it's time I saved up the money to build a garage. Guess what? No, can't build a garage. Not allowed. Yeah. So who's? You know, obviously, I blame the agent. But, you know, the truth is, I could blame Stacy. Stacy's, you know, I could, I could call the city and ask him whether, what the zoning is and whether I could build a garage there or not. I could have made that phone call, and I did a year later, and they told me absolutely not. So, you know, this is why you don't ever depend on, you know, the person who's helping you. You want their help. But remember, at the end of the day, it's your garage, not theirs. That guy already spent his commission money by the time I wanted to build a garage. So, you know, be, be in charge of your own destiny to the extent you can. Yep. I don't know if we've given 10 tips or not. That's what we promised today. I think we probably have. But we're almost <laughs> out of time. We are out of time. Anybody have anything else to add real quick before we close it out today? I really like your suggestion to do your own research. Absolutely. Be the most educated buyer you can possibly be. And that doesn't, you know, that it's not going to look like, oh, today I decided I want to buy a house. Tomorrow I'm making an offer. That's not an educated buyer. That's a fly by the seat of your pants buyer. And those are the buyers that lose the most money when the market goes down. Mindy, this is why we don't just like you. We love you. <laughs> we, we love Aww, having you on our show. Thank you, Stacey. <laughs> I love coming back. We're having a moment. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, wait, uh, we are out of time. Yes, we are. We are out of time. But we are never out of a topic. you got to dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich... Your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That's Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And Mindy at her website. That's biggerpockets.com. Go visit her. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, please tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. One final thing. If you like what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds really helps us though so if you like us show us and subscribe i'm stacy johnson i'm miranda marquette i'm aaron freeman and i'm mindy jensen mindy you knew what to say thank you so much <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us everybody and we'll see you right here next time